Now, before I proceed and delve into this wonderful chart off my right, actually quite fascinating, a few things we need to take into account before we go into the study and look at the full study. Number one, this utilizes acidic activated charcoal, not to be confused with alkaline activated charcoal. The acidic activated charcoal utilized is from Akamatsi, Akamatsi, or I should say beautiful red pine. Many of you, when you look at these pictures of Akamatsi or red pine, maybe I should use the words red pine instead until I know my pronunciation is appropriate. It is an incredible plant altogether, but it's acidic activated charcoal from, from basically red pine. And I'll show you or in the study on how they processed and make acidic activated charcoal with the use of seawater. Second, this is an animal model. It goes over 12 weeks, as you can see by particularly this particular chart right there. And it is dose dependent, meaning the more of the acidic activated charcoal, the better the impact. Now, what is fascinating about this particular chart, and as we look at it, you see the yellow, which basically is your control group, normal diet. You see the black line, high fat diet, mixed in with the acidic activated charcoal derived from red pine. What do you notice which is really special? Virtually no difference in the body weight change between the two groups. Now, postulate, potentially where this particular acidic activated charcoal is added to either ultra processed foods or consumed, let's say for example, as a diet cookie prior to consumption of not so healthy food. Now there's a few caveats to that as well because acidic activated charcoal may absorb some nutrients, but if it's ultra processed food, good luck on the nutrients. So let us begin. Let's look at the chart once again. They have a 12 week period of time, but there's also one additional advantage to it too, which we'll look at as well, but you notice virtually no difference. That is amazing. We're not talking about a, uh, a reduction. We're talking about similar outcomes between normal diet and really high fat diet, which has some pretty nasty things in it per se. You know what? Let's look at that. The diets, just to give you the heads up before we get into the study, there's your control diet. There is your high fat diet. Now, I think I've highlighted a few extra aspects to it. Like for example, the dye consumption, uh, as far as the amount of lard being consumed, what we're trying to do obviously is mimic a Western diet. Go back to that body weight change percentage in that one graphic right there, where there's no change. So the group of mice consuming the acidic activated charcoal yielded the same body weight uh, effects as the control group, knowing that that diet is basically loaded with lard, dye and you know whatever else you want to add to it but still just the same that's an incredible outcome so let's get into the study as, fo as follows acidic activated charcoal prevents weight gain and insulin resistance in high fat diet mice when mice were given a normal diet and a high fat diet for 12 weeks each the mice fed the high fat diet gained significantly more weight than the normal diet on the other hand when acidic activated charcoal was mixed with a high fat diet and given to the mice in the same manner the degree of weight gain was almost the same as that of the normal diet, meaning the weight gain due to the high fat diet was completely, using their terms, completely suppressed. 
When acidic activated charcoal is administered with a high fat diet, the amount of bile acid, cholesterol, triglyceride, and fatty acids in a stool increases about two to four times as much when then as when the regular diet, high fat diet is administered. So it has an incredible binding effect on a lot of nasty stuff. Now, if there's a caveat to that too, you want to make sure it doesn't take like fat-soluble vitamins, but to proceed and other elements. It is thought to promote the excretion into the stool. No damage to the gastrointestinal mucosa or lungs to the acidic activated charcoal was observed to date. However, the anti-obesity effect of activated charcoal has not been addressed, henceforth the study. In a preliminary experiment, here's a catch. The anti-obesity effect of alkaline, not acidic, alkaline activated charcoal was not significant in the high-fat diet treated mice. So they yielded this outcome with the acidic activated charcoal, but not the alkaline activated charcoal. Additionally, I love this part. This is so cute. Additionally, the mice consuming alkaline activated charcoal looked irritable. They want to highlight that's unpublished data, but proceed forward. We speculated, obviously quoting, that acidic activated charcoal may avoid interference of the gastric juice and be more suitable than regular alkaline charcoal. Therefore, we originally developed the acidic activated charcoal with the pH of approximately five and treated the mice with the acidic activated charcoal powder containing the high fat diet, which we looked at the high fat diet earlier, in order to investigate whether the acidic charcoal exerts an anti-obesity effect. Obviously, we saw the outcome. Now, here's how they process the charcoal to make it acidic. The acidic charcoal is prepared by carbonizing plants and trees at a constant atmospheric pressure and temperature above 700 degrees Celsius after soaking acidic deep seawater, pH 5.5. Now, of course, what was the plant they used? Akamatsu red pine. To proceed, the activated charcoal was completely mixed with a high-fat diet so, and then administered or fed to mice. Inulin and raffinose uh, basically was also added to prevent the charcoal-induced constipation, and that's going to issue some warning flags as far as the outcome to the result. However, I want to reiterate and remind you that the high-fat diet vehicle contained the inulin and raffinose just the same, as well as basically it was a dose-dependent intake, but still the outcome was nowhere near uh, as effective as the higher acidic activated charcoal consumption. So again, that was added to all the formulas, including the high-fat diet a bus vehicle to proceed. A couple of interesting side notes before we go to the conclusion. This indicated, now we're reading from the full study, this indicated the charcoal alleviated adipose microinflammation caused by obesity. That part I found quite amazing with larger doses of the material being more effective, so dose dependent. Now, the caveat for future studies, just to make sure the timing and consumption of acidic activated charcoal may not interfere with other nutrients. So this has to be studied a little further, but to proceed. More because activated charcoal can absorb lipids, it may disrupt the absorption of fats, fat-soluble vitamins, and folic acid. As the next step, extended experiments will be mandatory to monitor for, monitor for deficiencies in essential fatty acids and fat-soluble vitamins. Acidic activated charcoal can absorb not only lipids, but also toxic contaminants in foods and metabolites from microbiota. So there's a lot of benefits to the acidic activated charcoal, but timing appears to be everything. So something, for example, until they explore a little further without adding publisher bias, um, you know, may not be a great idea to take with any essential fatty acids or other nutrients, 
because they need to research that further. To proceed, acidic activated charcoal to conclude. High fat diet induced obesity and insulin resistance without any serious adverse events. These beneficial effects were, like, were likely to due to modulated lipid absorption and altered fatty acid metabolism, adipose, adipose metabolism, so on and so forth. But isn't that amazing? Now again, imagine, leave that there, imagine, if they can incorporate this in the future. Now remember, our channel tends to you know, work on a lot of pilot studies way before they get integrated into the general populace. So imagine, for example, if they had the acidic, yeah, activated charcoal, and it was added to foodstuffs, per se, let's say like a cookie, or let's say someone wanted to basically uh, eat their favorite ultra-processed foods, and generally that was added to that as well. Now, if this similar outcome in the animal model is observed in human trials, and then you basically start adding this to ultra-processed foods to take away that negative outcome in reference to, well, a lot of ailments are referenced to ultra-processed foods. You solve a lot of problems in a way which you're not really interfering with an individual's lifestyle, but yet, still at the same time, for the introduction, uh, something basically which could be even seen as a filler element uh, that someone may not even notice, you can have incredible, incredible outcomes and do a lot, a lot of good for a lot of people where they can stay kind of healthy and eat their cake too. Obviously, there's more to it than that, but you know what? It's a really good start. Again, we're after channel signing off. Gratitude to the researchers, uh, and always as well, I am humbled you watch. Links will be below to the full study itself. And thank you, gratitude, and see you all next time. Bye.